0: Hello, my name is Ben.
1: And I'm Cheyenne.
0: And we are the hosts of the Two Vague podcast this week. Our word is going to be the word achievement.
1: Achievement
0: unlocked. Achievement unlocked. What did you unlock the achievement for, being on a podcast?
1: Yeah, this is my, well, I guess it's now my second podcast.
0: So um, you're being on, you're on the second podcast. That's the achievement.
1: That is, I got a little notification uh, that popped up. <laughs> you've been, in your, on, in your you've brain. been on two too vague podcast episodes. Yeah.
0: Did did it have a little uh, a little uh, unique kind of cheeky uh Icon? achievement? Well no no the the, the the achievement name.
1: Oh too vague for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the word achievement. I think of Boy Scouts.
1: When okay. I think of
0: achievement. What do you think of?
1: I think of uh, I think of high school. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
0: Okay, how so?
1: I think of uh, how much pressure people have to get good grades. Okay. Um, achievement. And that word that they use so often, it's all over those posters all over the, the oh, cement
0: yeah, the, brick yeah.
1: walls staring you down in the windowless room right. and it's usually like a picture of a cat or something like that or garfield and it says achievement right in some serif font and um <laughs>
0: <laughs> your font specification just actually it makes the picture Perfect, exactly. crystal clear. Because
1: you know the posters that I'm referring to. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Um, And usually, their version of achievement is, you know, your your 4.0 grade and making sure that you're ready to go to college. Right. So that's right. what I think of when I think of achievement.
0: Those posters um, that were up in in the hallways, trying to inspire you, I refer to that as propaganda.
1: Yeah, it because is. Because
0: one of the things about the the U.S. uh, educational system is, I think there's too much of an emphasis placed on going to college. Now hear me out on this. I think that, you know, there are other types of jobs that don't require college that could get you, you could get prepared for those things, like a trade or something like that. And it's not necessarily something that you'd want to saddle the community colleges with or anything. But, I mean, you know, a trade school. Absolutely. There there are options there that, you know, like now we've got nursing schools all over Tucson, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, tons of them. Um, And that's not necessarily something that you would go to college for. So, I mean, you know. but I, I think that's just...
1: How does one go to college to become a TikTok influencer, <laughs> or that's a uh, a tiny house builder? You know ooh. these new type of things people do right, for money. Right.
0: I don't know if I ever talked to you about tiny house. I want a tiny house someday.
1: I think they're so cool.
0: I, I really like the 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 ecological. I mean, you know, there's still got to be something um, beautiful and unique about the space, right? And I would like it to be unique, but you know, like a custom job, you know, like doing a design or whatever, not your standard roof and right. You know, not like a an old-fashioned schoolhouse with a bell or anything. Um, but just kind of yeah, I mean just the the whole idea of a tiny house makes sense to me
1: have you ever seen those earthship houses okay
0: that's okay exactly yeah that's and that's exactly what i was thinking also if i ever make my own um my own tiny house is kind of make an earthship kind of thing where you'd have an enclosed area that would be sort of your you know where your vegetables and your garden and your oxygen producing plants were but then you know, you'd have the other part is the tiny house, and you could put it. I mean, you you could do something with, you know, a glass greenhouse or something like that. But you, yeah, Earthships are pretty cool. The concept is,
1: yeah, they're neat, sustainable residences. Yeah. Um it really speaks to the counterculture in me.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and the hippie.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, let, you know what? Uh, I, I'd like to talk about that, too. But, you know, let's get back to achievement.
1: Right. <laughs> the, the thing we're supposed to be discussing. Yes,
0: yes. The subject at hand. And I said Boy Scouts. Yes, like and,
1: medals. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah,
0: sort of. Um, yeah, patches. In Boy Scouts, like, you would do a certain thing and you would get, you know, a... a a patch that symbolized you mastered whatever and then you get the arrow of light and it was kind of there was i think there was some don't quote me on this but i think there was some religion involved in the boy scouts to some extent a little bit and it did seem kind of like preparing for th- <laughs> preparing for you know living in nature right but I mean, there were some interesting things involved, and there is like you know your juniors, your your Cub Scouts. My father was a Boy Scout. In fact, I have his Arrow of Light patch over there. <laughs> oh, neat! Yeah, something I got.
1: Did you learn how to tie knots? Okay, a bunch of different knots.
0: I was never in the Boy Scouts. Oh, okay. So I don't know a sheep shank from, <laughs> you know what, whatever the a square knot, uh, a square knot, right? I think I I did learn how to tie a square knot once for you know just like a little, uh, school project or something. Or we were we were tying knots for fun. But um, are you a knot person?
1: Me no 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 not even slightly.
0: No, that's, that's
1: just what I think of when I oh, think of Boy Scouts. Is, oh really? Is tying knots?
0: Just they stand around all day <laughs> tying knots. <laughs> yeah. They braid. Much. They braid hair.
1: <laughs> 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 They'd be really good at rope climbing. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, the 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 Girl Scouts lost out on uh, the boys braiding their hair. That that would definitely. They make all the money with the cookies, so yeah. The Boy Scouts really need to really need to you know do their part.
1: I feel like the Girl Scouts was more about the uh, the quote unquote domestic arts. You
0: know. Okay. So that is an interesting question. I think scouting in general has changed over the years with the Girl Scouts, but I'm not a hundred percent or brownies or whatever, you know? Right. Um But yeah, the domestic arts, that's, that's, that's an interesting, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I would, I would be more interested in the domestic arts than you know, living off the land and, and doing outdoorsy things with, with uh, the Boy
1: Scouts. Oh, really? I would much rather build traps. Oh. Know? I think that's cool. <laughs> Spike traps? Spike traps. That's or a, that's, that's, that uh, thing where you dig a hole and cover it with leaves. Oh,
0: um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's Eagle Scout level. <laughs> that's probably not. Uh, you're some sort of grand master when you reach <laughs> that level where you're building traps kind of like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the predator or whatever right 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 and then for your final test to get your final merit badge you gotta you gotta fight that creepy looking predator dude with the oh, yeah. with the creepy mandible mandible creepy mandible creepy mandible <laughs>
1: But as long as you cover yourself in mud, you're good. Of course,
0: of course. Very, very simple solutions for a very powerful thing that can kill anyone. Right. Right. With,
1: with infrared uh, sight.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Just, just cover yourself in mud. Everything will be fine because it's all cold. Whatever. <laughs> so, Boy Scouts was a is an interesting thing. Um, I remember my brother did Cub Scouts and my favorite part about him being at Cub Scouts was the Pinewood Derby because it was this thing where they had an annual race and what you would do is you get this block of wood and you would have to make a car out of it essentially and you would race against other cars and it would just be like one of those things where you'd put it at the top of a hill, drop it and whoever crossed the line oh, first see. won. Yeah, But, I had fun designing my brother's car with him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Did you guys ever win? No,
0: we did not. We did not. And I think Adam just got tired of the scouts after after being in it for a week or whatever. Not
1: enough knot tying.
0: Not enough knot tying. (laughs) If there was knot tying or chess, he would have been all there, I think. Achievement and achievers. Have you seen the movie Big Lebowski?
1: That's just like... Your opinion, man.
0: So, yes?
1: I did watch The Big Lebowski. I don't okay. remember very much about it, though.
0: Okay. Okay. Did you like it, though?
1: Yeah. It's goofy. I, I like it. It's got kind of a an anti-hero thing going on.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's it's one of those movies where the main character is, he's trying to do the right things to, to get this thing solved, and he finally figures it out, but he, he just, they, at every turn, just something different hits him in the face, and it's just right. kind of like something weird. But I remember when he was in the office of the big Lebowski, and he's talking to Brant, and he says something to the effect of that Mr. Lebowski is dedicated. These are the Le- uh, the little Lebowski urban achievers, and he's sending them all to college, and they're his children. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the dude says, uh, so racially he's cool and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, uh, does he have, uh, yeah. So, uh, different mothers, huh? And, you know, just all sorts of like weird things. And then, uh, at the end and he's like, you know, it's like Brant says, oh, well you didn't go to college laughs. And then, uh, he says, no, no, I, I, I went to college. I was just, uh. You know, occupying various administration buildings, smoking a little tie stick, breaking into the ROTC, bowling. So yeah, that's, that's one typical of the, college experience. Exactly for the dude, and it, you know that that's based off a real person. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, it's based off. It's it's inspired by a real person that the Coen Brothers know. Uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Bridges spent some time with him and kind of to kind of get the character he's kind of like method in that way so yeah so yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty cool but it, yeah I, that's i think that's a that's a movie that i think it's one where you don't you either like it or you don't like it there's no real in-between kind of like eh, it was okay yeah it's just, you know, it's kind of polarizing, especially for one of the Coen Brothers movies. Have you watched any other Coen Brothers movies or?
1: I don't know. You should list some and I can tell you. Okay.
0: Um, Fargo is the big one that everyone has probably seen.
1: I have not seen Fargo.
0: Okay. Uh, Raising Arizona is another big one.
1: And I have not seen Raising Arizona.
0: Okay. You probably should see Raising Arizona. Nicolas Cage is in it and Holly Hunter. It's a really, it's it's pretty weird And it takes place in Arizona.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's topical. Well,
0: and, and then also what's really topical too is there's a guy who's the car dealer. His name is Nathan Arizona and he's very much a Jim click kind of. Oh yeah. 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 He's just basically, that's, um, that's basically, yeah, you should, you should see it. It's, it's, it's also a weird sort of movie. Um, and there's mud in it too.
1: <laughs> there so, and, has to be mud, or yeah, I there, turn it off. Oh,
0: there's a there's a mud pit that is, that uh, they come crawling out of, and I don't know if that's a spoiler alert per se, but um, so yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> About him?
0: Yeah, well, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman was Brandt in The Big Lebowski. Right, right. He's also he's a brilliant actor. I think he played Capote. And won a I wanna say he won an Oscar for it, but then died died too soon.
1: Yeah. It was only a few years ago, right?
0: Uh it was 2014.
1: That I was I remember that, and this is going to indicate my age, like so many of our conversations, but because the Hunger Games oh, He yeah. was in the Hunger Games, which yep. I watched because I was probably twelve or thirteen years old. And then before they could film the second one, um, Catching Fire, he had died. And it was a whole conversation about that.
0: Right. And um, as it turns out, uh, they actually did do some maneuvering of the script to accommodate Philip Seymour Hoffman's death. They left him in there. They had some footage that they had already created. So it was one of those situations where they navigated around it, essentially, right to keep him in there.
1: I almost wonder if that's kind of disrespectful, but maybe that's just me. There
0: are countless movies out there. I'm sure. I know of another one. I, I think we we talked about during the break. We talked about the movie, uh, one of my favorite movies, Brainstorm. That movie is. I, I've talked about this on the on the podcast, so I apologize if I'm you know repeating it. Because it's my favorite movie, Brainstorm. During the making of that movie, Natalie Wood, who was played the female lead, died in a boating uh, a boating accident, and her husband and Christopher Walken they were all in the same boat, and there's suspicion that she was killed, and all this like really kind of weird, weird stuff revolving around her death, right, and her husband also was a suspect and I don't think he was ever charged. They didn't find anything, but she was making the movie brainstorm with Christopher Walken during that time. So what they ended up doing is they could have cashed in the check. They, they insure these movies, these big movies, right? They said, no, Christopher Walken insisted along with the director that they could kind of work around it. So they changed the script a little bit, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell. Is it disrespectful when you're acting in a movie? I think there's some sort of level of you're in contract, right? Right. So they kind of own you, sort of.
1: Right, or they they own the right to to keep you in the story, right? Essentially,
0: right. I don't think I don't think. It, well, he died before. I mean, after the first one came out, and and before the second one, right? So it makes sense that. I don't think it's disrespectful for for Philip Seymour Hoffman to appear in the second one. Do you? Yeah,
1: maybe not. And maybe not. The only thing I was really throwing that out there for is because obviously in in their state of being deceased, they can't uh necessarily say, "Oh yeah, go ahead and throw throw those scenes in the movie." Like they can really depict him however they want.
0: Right. But but then also, I mean, when you're acting, editors do that all the time. I mean, yeah. there's stuff where it, it's it's not like the actor has, has much of a say. So, right, it's, it's usually the director whose vision, and sometimes the producers can can make quote unquote make notes, yeah. which basically means we're not giving you any fucking money until you put this thing in there. Kind <laughs> you of. You raise
1: deal. a good point. Yeah, they are more like um, dolls or clay models at that point.
0: As far as achievements are concerned, in life, not games, what do you think the the difference between an achievement and something that is a goal or a step towards a goal? Is there some sort of hierarchy? What do you think? Achievement. Right. What is achievement? I see mean? what
1: you're. I see what you're playing at here. Um, I guess you could use the term achievement. Either way, if it's a small short term goal, for instance, I'm looking for a new apartment to live in right now and getting that apartment will take work and probably a lot of driving. So that's going to be a whole achievement for me actually getting all that all that work done. But I wouldn't put it in the same category as, you know, accomplishing something that took a lot of smaller achievements to accomplish. Like um, when I when I came out to my family as an atheist or something along those lines, that was incredibly hard. And okay. it's something that I remember to this right. day as like one of the hardest things I've done um, that I accomplished. And I think that there's something to that, that it's about the level of difficulty and the level of investment. Exactly. Into
0: it. Exactly. And we're going to get into that as far as people's concerns with how achievements are Handled in video games, but when I think of achievement, I think of an overall goal. I don't think of I wake up. Uh, you know, I woke up this morning and got out of bed. That's that's an achievement. You right. know, I, I think for an achievement, it ha- there has to be some sort of celebration or some sort of awakening or something that's beneficial. It's you know to an achievement. Yeah, it's not just. Everything can be an achievement. You you can do that, but it but I mean, it kind of cheapens the word, That's right?
1: fair. I will play the devil's advocate a little bit here. Okay. Because as someone who has struggled with mental health problems mm-hmm. since I was a teenager, right. sometimes breaking down small parts of your day and allowing yourself to feel like you've accomplished something big, just by getting out of bed or taking a shower or cooking a meal for yourself, it can be hugely beneficial in regulating your mental health and normalizing your feelings. Um, So in that way, I would say an achievement can be something very small. Okay. And that doesn't cheapen the successes of people or goals that are much larger by any means, but it does help to make you feel better about yourself and to lift yourself from depression, anxiety, all sorts of things.
0: Yeah. Have have you ever had to use that as a
1: Right, as a coping mechanism? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, maybe coping mechanisms isn't the right word because I think that there's sort of a negative association yeah. with that, but
0: I mean, I think of it as a um, a stress management or a depression management tool.
1: Yeah, it's a tool. And yeah. I absolutely, I think even just last week, I recognized that I was feeling like very depressed. Um, I struggle with my mental health a lot. There's There's up weeks and down weeks and sometimes... If I'm feeling bad, I can tell because I don't want to do anything and I don't want to do I don't even want to do the things I enjoy, like playing video games or walking my dog. And so I'll do these small micro tasks and I'll say I'm going to take a shower and then I'm going to make myself a healthy meal and then I'm going to read five pages of this book that I like. And it's enormously helpful, just because it takes the edge off in a way uh, right. of the depression. I'll feel better after I do those things because I feel like I accomplished something that I set out to do.
0: Right, right. I can see that. I can see that. That makes sense as far as a, a way to handle stress and anxiety. I think that's a that's a that's a great suggestion. I still think that the, that an achievement is something grander, but, sure. but I, but I get it. I get, I, I get why you would, why you would want to, to do that, to motivate yourself. And then also when you, when you have, you know, X number of successes, it's a lot easier to continue those successes. So, right. so, you know, you say, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to bed or I'm going to get up. <laughs> get up. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's the depression day. I'm going to yeah, get up and get go up, to bed, <laughs> I'm gonna go
0: to bed. I'm going to drink. No, it's, uh, so you you get up you you know say i'm going to take a shower then i'm going to do this thing then i'm going to go get the mail and then by the time everything is done it's like you start thinking you connect those successes together and right. then you do you know But you're you right
1: i don't throw myself a party because i i made dinner and i can see Being able to differentiate that kind of achievement. Like when I graduate from college, that is an achievement. Oh, yeah. And I will absolutely throw a party and take really cool edgy photos (laughs) with my graduation (laughs) robe. Um, I already have one in mind. so Okay. All right.
0: Well... That's uh, you got to have a plan, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's no,
1: no. Hear me out. Like, I'll have my graduation cap and gown, and I'm gonna be like sitting on a curb somewhere, smoking a cigarette, just looking cool and edgy, but also like so done. You know what I mean? Right,
0: right. So it's it's more of a it's a supposed kind of thing.
1: Oh yeah, but I don't want to have the the graduation photos that everyone has, where you know they're standing with their friends, of course. (laughs) Who needs them? Friends.
0: (laughs) That's the other thing, too. It's like, can't you... (laughs) Isn't it dangerous to throw those friggin' hats, the cap in the air? I mean,
1: it's pretty much cardboard, so...
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, if you throw it up in the air with such a velocity, and it comes down, and it catches someone, like, on the corner... That could really that could put an eye out.
1: I feel like there's really low probability that it would cause any any more than like mild discomfort. What if it? <laughs> I mean, unless you're throwing it off the top of the Empire State Building, yeah. And then it's a whole pennies debate, you know? Right, right. Can it split open someone's skull?
0: Right, and it's also it's like if it's if it's blowing, isn't the the wind kind of changing? What the... is
1: the escape velocity of the graduation right. cap?
0: Right, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the quote of the episode. What is the <laughs> escape velocity of the graduation cap with um I mean, you know, some some asshole sharpens the friggin' thing. Anyway, let's let's get <laughs> moving, moving moving on. Moving on. So I was gonna say I was gonna mention something about achievement. There was a program in my school, you mentioned school earlier, where it was um it was called Junior Achievement. And it was a program that was a volunteer program from local businesses that were trying to teach you business-type skills and and things. And the person I was hanging out with at the time, uh, his name was Chris, he was trying to get me into doing this because he was like more of a business-minded, like, oh, hey, let's make money. And one of the things that he ended up doing was – you remember uh, those, like, make-your-own-lollipop kind of things? Oh, sure. He did that. He started making his own lollipops, selling them at school, making handfuls of cash. And they were
1: regular lollipops?
0: No, they were, like, shaped. So they, they're, they like, the ones that you, you buy the little forms and stuff at the, um, like, at a Michaels or something. But right. Get the, like, the you know, the... The candy things that you melt and then they turn into the you know you can eat them gotcha. by themselves, but they but they're basically melts that will melt into cherry or melt into whatever flavor. But anyway, that dude convinced me somehow to um, join this junior achievement group, and the, you know it was it was in a basement in a church, which most of these things end up being right basement in a church talking about making a product he was trying to tell us show us how product goes from an idea to market and then door-to-door sales so we basically decided our project was going to be a sewing kit why no friggin' idea (laughs) but sewing kit we're going to sell door-to-door Yeah. That makes no fucking sense.
1: I'm not sure how you landed on sewing kit. No,
0: I, you know what? It's been so, it was so long ago. I don't, I don't even know either how we landed on sewing kit, but that was probably the easiest one to assemble, is my guess. So these little, and they were like little pocket sewing kits. And as a result of that, I ended up selling none of them. Back in those days, walking up to a stranger's house was a little bit of a different thing than it is these days. Right. Right. Especially in a small town like Crystal Lake. So, you know, we could get away with doing that, but it was still uncomfortable as a as a kid to do that. I vastly preferred paper uh, delivery because all you had to do is just throw the friggin' paper. Right. Or put it in the put it in the mailbox, but
1: No, I get it. I actually have a lot of experience going door to door from my uh, religious background. Oh, that so makes Yeah, that makes sense. I wish we could have just Made them into paper airplanes and uh, just kind of lobbed them over the gate, right uh, and then just hope for the best as for their souls and the whole eternal life thing but right um, yeah, I get it. it's awkward.
0: so when you were younger, was that something that you struggled with, or did you see your parents doing it or your siblings or and just thought it was a normal part of what we do so it wasn't as it wasn't uncomfortable.
1: I definitely always dreaded it. Um, Hmm. I was always scared I would see someone from school or just somebody that I recognized. And I also just thought it was awkward talking to strangers. The way we would approach them was very scripted. Uh Um, And as somebody who likes to talk, I hate going off of a script. I. It just didn't feel natural, and I could see the disinterest in their eyes a lot of the time. I could see the way they would want to close the door, but were trying to be polite to us. Right. And in general, it was a boring way to spend Saturday morning when I could be playing N64. So (laughs) I just, I hated it, but, Mm. you know, there's my parents would enjoy it a lot of the times and th- they would always take us out for a treat in the middle of the day. So there was something to look forward to. Okay.
0: So it was kind of like they I don't want to say they bribed you or whatever, but I it mean, was just kinda like,
1: we're just calling it like it is. Yeah.
0: It was like, Hey, we'll give you this if you, you know, if you knock on three this. doors. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, you know, a, a reward, but still, yeah, it's kind of, kind of unenjoyable to just knock on a random person's door
1: no i didn't feel like i had achieved anything necessarily no
0: no. um did you ever have paper route probably not no No. (laughs) do they still have paper routes
1: do people read papers
0: i don't know man
1: i don't think they do we don't we have phones now I get my yeah, news from I mean, Reddit and Twitter.
0: I think that people do still like the paper papers. It's wasteful. Sure. Well, it is wasteful, but it's also part of history and journalism. And <sighs> fine, it's wasteful. Okay. <laughs> well, I used to deliver papers, was and that, that was. Fun? I don't know. It has it had its moments. It would the the camaraderie between. Myself and the other paper uh, delivery people, that was probably the most most enjoyable. I met some friends through delivering papers that I wouldn't have met otherwise. So, I mean, I think there was a benefit to doing that. The money you made, you didn't make a ton of money, but you had to collect the money too. So that was another one of those uncomfortable go-to-the-door kind of deals where...
1: Like, hey, man... You still owe me for last week's paper.
0: Right. Well, it, it was a weekly kind of thing. And you had this little like ticket book. It oh. was, it, it depend, you know, and some of them, um, yeah, it was a really kind of old fashioned sort of system, but.
1: So what happens if they don't pay up?
0: Well, then you don't give them paper. That's, oh. you know, that's pretty easy.
1: <laughs> There's no like debt collector.
0: <laughs> no, Well, I mean, you, you, you tell the Herald or whatever <laughs> you're, wherever you're delivering papers for you tell them and then they and they'll t- send the they guys take with the baseball yeah, bats they, <laughs> they take they they send in the mob or whatever and <laughs> well i think i've covered pretty much uh All oh you know were- what you know what hey let me let me talk about an achievement that you're participating in right now because Ooh. i mean i think that me putting together this podcast was an achievement and it was something that was beneficial and enjoyable and something I participate. But I think just the simple act of putting together my own podcast was was an achievement.
1: Absolutely. It's hard to start yourself on a new hobby yeah. of anything, any type of hobby. And this one requires equipment yep. uh, and guests. So yeah. I think you should definitely feel like you've achieved something right. and reward yourself properly for it.
0: Like, give myself $100 to spend on video games. Uh,
1: yeah, there you go.
0: Right. I, I already rewarded myself. I bought Psychonauts recently, so...
1: Oh, the that's a game, right?
0: Correct. Yeah. Right. And we're going to segue right into video games with that. I'm a huge fan of uh, this game designer named Tim Schafer. And the nearest equivalent to him in movies is Tim Burton, sort of. His character design is very striking, and some people say ugly. It's very unique looking. The art style is very interesting with all the things that he's done. But Psychonauts, the first one came out 16 years ago, and it was also an Xbox-exclusive game initially. And Xbox dropped them from the lineup and they had to get it published through someone else. So Microsoft kind of screwed them over because they didn't have their game ready by the time that they needed it ready. It finally came out, it wasn't really a hit because this company named Majesco wasn't a big name, right, in in game making. So the whole premise of the game is, you're a kid whose named Rasputin wow and rasputin but he you call him raz so raz he runs away from home and he goes to a psychic summer camp where they teach the next generation of psychics so it's, it's it's like it's kind of like achievement because there are little badges like for lighting people on fire with your mind and levitation and all those things and they actually come in patches because that's what you learn in this you know in this summer camp the psychic summer camp so it's just a a ridiculous story and so much fun and just you know a lot of a lot of humor to it
1: yeah i love Um, i've seen a little bit of the gameplay from that and i love how colorful it is and there's something just so enjoyable about the whimsical aspect
0: and that's the thing too about tim schaefer kind of has a, a balancing Act that that he pulls off in many of his games they, they have a dark side there there's a little bit of a dark side there's a little bit of an edge to them it's it's whimsical and cool and unique but there is kind of a a, a little bit of a, an honesty it's, it's a great game um and i just started playing the second one and it is also a great game it's just picking up where where i left off 16 years ago funny thing is that uh Microsoft bought the studio. <laughs> <laughs> so 16 years later. They changed their mind. They changed their mind 16 years. Well, it was they wanted exclusives for their next system, right? So um, they bought up a whole bunch of different game designer studios, and one of them was Double Fine, which is Tim Schafer's studio. And cool thing with that is Psychonauts 2, I want to say – six years ago was started as a, as a as a crowdfunding kind of thing where they uh, used this platform called FIG where you could donate money to get this game made so they could pay the people to make the game. They had it to a point where it was just about to release and then the big news was that Microsoft swoops in and buys them, buys the studio. So what that means to them is they can spend... A lot of time polishing this thing and making it spectacular now, whereas before it was probably smaller in scope and less right,
1: polished. More of an indie game,
0: right? It was probably yeah, exactly. It was probably definitely more of an indie feeling game. I mean, I'm loving it so far. It's it's a it's a it's a great fun story. So, but video games,
1: video game achievements. Ach- Have you ever played a? video game where it felt like the achievements that you unlocked just were kind of pointless. Uh, uh Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, we were talking about pointless achievements earlier and, yeah. and rewarding yourself for things that aren't really, like, that awesome. Right. But uh, I talked about Mass Effect a little bit last time. And uh-huh. one of the things that always just drives me crazy in any game with a narrative is when you're following the the, the preordained storyline right and you get achievements for passing through different parts of it it's like i was going to get there anyways right. it's not like i did anything special to get here right
0: and I, and i think a lot of that is done because they're trying to fill it fill those things right i right. mean it's like you shouldn't have um make achievements be something independent of the game um, or not independent of the game, but independent of the story, you know, like do this certain task or kill so-and-so with a banana or whatever, yeah, you know, and and do things that are unique or funny and, and yeah, not just completing chapters on a certain level or completing the game on a certain level or kind of cheapens the whole thing. Right.
1: Exactly. I feel like, well, I didn't really accomplish anything, but thanks, game. I um, appreciate that.
0: Well, there there is a little bit of history there that I want to touch on um, that goes back to my days. Before we go there, you mentioned the achievement unlocked for sitting down and recording this podcast with me. There was a game that was designed by this gentleman named John Cooney in four days that was called Achievement Unlocked. And it was just basically useless little things that you would do in the game and you would get an achievement for it and you had to unlock as many achievements as you could and that was the whole game.
1: I like it, it's very meta. It's
0: a meta, It's a. It's, yeah. And, and it has a message that these things are useless. But at the same time, just pointing out the problem is not gonna make it better, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, it's. I, I think it's funny um on some in some way but
1: and that's probably the point just to to make you laugh
0: yeah there are you know what and and there are there are dumb achievement trophies like you mentioned, like trophies for deaths like die a hundred times or whatever oh yeah and, and and as long as we're i mean if you have if you have any any trophies to contribute to this, I would put the completing a level one right up there. as far as a dumb trophy trophies for getting all the trophies that's another thing it's just like really (laughs) yeah you
1: did everything you could in the game
0: we're giving you this platinum
1: and i can see the appeal of that in some ways because uh i love to complete every part of a game when i play it as you know i I'll go through and do every side quest and so when I get validated by that little sticker in the corner of the screen that's like, Oh, you you completed one hundred percent of the game. I'm like, You're damn right I did. I spent eighteen hours <laughs> doing this. Yep. Um, so I better get a sticker for it.
0: And you get all your achievements through Steam.
1: Um, yeah, or Origin is another oh, okay. platform yeah. that I go through sometimes.
0: Uh, trophies for doing naughty stupid stuff like getting a certain camera angle or right you know just like there's so many just like idiotic things the only the only redeeming quality on some of those is something like the the name of the the achievement
1: yeah well it validates people for being weird yeah i guess uh or being count- creative
0: right right in some sense
1: The game makers are counting on you to test, to push the limits and to really see what you can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yakuza 0 has one called, I did it for the trophy, where you have to watch uh, basically um, a naughty video. I mean, in the game. I don't think you actually do watch the (laughs) naughty video. They send you a a link. Right, Uh. and you gotta actually connect to that link and watch the naughty video what are you doing is one of those ones where in near automata it's a it's a camera angle sort of thing first death gives this is this is dark souls in dark souls <laughs> admittedly that's that's kind of funny it's a memorable right? moment because
1: it, you will die many more times
0: right but i mean what's the purpose i mean other than just kind of be cheeky and kind of like you know trying to be clever
1: right i mean I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just a—it's a little inside joke.
0: Yeah, it's a mechanism for people to try and be funny. I, I, I guess. I mean, I don't. I, okay, so I have kind of a mixed view of trophies. I like being a completionist, but only on certain games. If I really enjoy a game, like for Horizon Zero Dawn, I absolutely loved that game. So from the first step, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to platinum this thing. And I did do it. Um, It took me a while, but I finally did do it. And it took a couple of playthroughs. But it's, if I enjoy a game so much, I will do it kind of like, oh, hey, I really love this game. And here's kind of, you know, sort of proof, I guess. Um, I don't do it with every game.
1: You really committed to it right, this time, right?
0: If there is a game that you know is just kind of a half-ass, like like with Detroit became Human, I could very easily platinum that game, right? Oh, you yeah. just have to unlock all the different storylines, and then you got it. Maybe do a couple of weird things where you are like convincing the the person who's the auto- automatic. Anyway, spoiler alert. <sighs> You convince this person that they're a real person, which I thought was a little, eh, that's a little weird.
1: Yeah, I think I know what you're referring to. Yeah,
0: like the the woman that comes on and tells you about what you're playing, and then you kind of, she realizes that she's a real person or whatever. And that's kind of telegraphed. Do you do it with games just in general? Like, as far as unlocking all the trophies?
1: Mainly just my my story narrative. I actually, I... I can't even cop to trying to to really get every achievement in every game ever, because I've always been more of a casual gamer. Right, And right. the second that I'm not getting something out of it, um, I'm done. But I right. will say, you don't get achievements in Stardew Valley, but if I could platinum that game, that would be the game for it, because... My goal is essentially to automate every part of my farm so that I don't have to do any work whatsoever, and I will make hundreds of thousands of dollars per day. Okay, um, all right. And it disappoints me that Nintendo doesn't let you... Because I do play on my Switch. I also have it on my PC. Okay. Um, and it disappoints and it's not, me. And it's
0: not cross-play at all?
1: No, you can't do crossplay okay. right now, not that I know of, okay. um, which is disappointing. Right. But there's no achievements in Nintendo games, and right. so... Right,
0: so there's no benchmark as far as right. how far you are.
1: But having almost beaten that game entirely, and by that I mean I've done everything that you can do, mm-hmm. and beaten every dungeon, every cave... Um, I would have to say that would be the one that I go all out for.
0: Yeah. Hoisted every vegetable over your head to give it to someone?
1: Absolutely. Throw it in the shipping bin. Um, yeah. I'm a millionaire in that game. Okay. Um, which is, you know, much better than real life. So, And I have property. I have property in that game.
0: I, I will disagree with you. Uh, being a millionaire in the game is better than being a millionaire in real life. I have not been a millionaire recently, Forever, ever, but... Uh, I,
1: I only mean um, I have more money in the game than I do in real life. It's quite an achievement. Yes.
0: Indeed. So, Stardew Valley. Do you think there's something that makes a good achievement? Or do you think that they should just be eliminated altogether?
1: I think there are certain achievements that are cool, for lack of a better word. Like creative achievements, right? Um, when you do something in the game that was kind of hidden right, or secreted away or like you find an Easter egg right. um, and it is only because you were so keen on exploring these right. weird things, I don't mind achievements. But I do think that we could do with a lot fewer of them. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, and I think it's mostly an afterthought a lot of times or, or a way that, that people can be cute. You know what I mean? Right. It's cheeky. Right. Right. Yeah. I think also with the good trophies, it's it's not like just your, I mean, you know, kill X number of enemies, unlock all your powers. Blah, 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 blah. But it seems like that's the majority of them. Right. Um, I think that there should probably be some sort of um more creative way to have trophies mean something in the game and maybe it's like if you unlock certain things that aren't available that you know like not everyone can unlock maybe that could be a trophy but I mean your kind of trophy is already in game if you're unlocking this thing right right it's an interesting question to gamers (laughs) probably no one else
1: do we need these
0: yeah I, I don't I don't think necessarily we do but it would be nice to have some sort of benchmark. It's like, how far along am I and how, how much further do I have to play before I'm done?
1: I remember when gamer scores were important to people. Yeah. Like your your Xbox Live gamer I'm just score. About,
0: I'm just about to go there. Oh, actually. okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll dial it back. So I think that achievements and trophies in video games can be traced back to a single source. And that single source, and this is more of a hypothesis, really, you're familiar with the Atari 2600?
1: Uh, I'm familiar with the Atari, but I don't know about that specific one.
0: The Atari 2600 was the one where it had the the little cartridges that were about this, this size. One joystick, one button. You know, black joystick, orange, crazy orange button. Very simple. Um, There was a game company that you may know of called Activision. Ah, yes. One of the first companies to make games for Atari that weren't Atari branded. And Activision made a lot of really creative, interesting games. And one of the things that they did was if you got a certain score, you could take a picture of your television screen of the score you got And then mail it to them and they would send you back a patch. So it would be a theme patch for whatever game you're playing. If you're playing, uh, yeah, if you're playing Keystone Capers or if you're playing Mega Mania, or if you're playing Pitfall, if you complete the, if you, you know, do a high enough score, they'll give you a patch. And that was really cool. Yeah. So I think that that's, and that's a cool reward above and beyond just like for, you know. For getting good at a game.
1: Right, because it was something to celebrate and to, right. b- to brag about, you yeah. know. Yep. That's it's why they had those rosters on old arcade games where you could type in your name so right. that you could see yourself above everybody else and right. just, you know, have that validation.
0: Yep, either that or just put ass <laughs> or fuck her or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Right. Okay. Gamer tags, man. People, when you make your gamer tag, you should just... Make sure that you want that gamer tag
1: branded to you. Right. I agree. They yeah. have to be weird. I think that's sort of the point.
0: Oh, is it? I well, mean,
1: yeah, it's like any sort of username, it's it'd be lame if we all just were like player number 3012.
0: Well, I guess I'm kind of lame because my my gamer tag for PlayStation is Ben33n.
1: Ben33n. Yeah. yeah. Well, some
0: people call me Benin, but it's that's like what that's what it not, looks like. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. That's what it looks like, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: my gamer tag is usually "folk cool" because oh. it's a blending of folk and cool, and I I don't know. I I, I just like that. Yeah, folk cool. Folk cool.
0: Sounds like a I don't know what foreign language it sounds like, but it sounds like Hungarian or something. Full cool.
1: Oh, it is. It was just my 13 year old brain trying to be edgy. I think. <laughs> Um but I oh. have stuck with it for a long time. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's that's the same with with three with three Angemin is the other one that I use. Which I is- also
1: uh I used to have the the tag the Phantom Chicken because it was kind of a recurring meme. Right. Um I used to draw like a chicken just randomly on like school whiteboards or on the fridge at home. And it would be the phantom chicken Mm. and it would have weird messages for people. Um, So yeah, sometimes you just have a character in mind an alter ego, if you will.
0: Yeah. There was a game by Activision back in the 2600 days called freeway where you were a chicken trying to cross the road. Oh, (laughs) literally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: To answer the age old question.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, to score points I don't think is the correct answer. <laughs> but it was in that game. That was the answer in that game. It's to score points. From that, we talk about gamer score, which you were going to mention. Yeah, I wish I would have hung on to those Activision past- patches, by the way, because those would be worth a mint these days. But it's also something that's kind of a cool retro thing to have, too. Right. And they were iron-on patches.
1: Nice. So anyway... Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't even have to use your handy pocket sewing kit for those. You could just you could just iron them I on. You could just
0: iron them on. Yeah, one of my 110 billion uh, sewing kits that I uh, didn't sell.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: so you had a needle? Yes, I do. I have hundreds of needles and thread. If you ever need uh, some sort of a uh, in in the field, <laughs> someone gets a big scratch or a gash in their arm, I'm definitely ready with you're ready you're prepared i am prepared in the gamer score days which came about actually uh microsoft uh xbox 360 is where gamer score came into play and that's when kind of the rest of your companies followed suit steam did their own gamer score kind of thing in 2007 and sony did trophies in 2008 so gamer score i mean the difference between gamer score and a tro or and, a, and a trophy or um, an achievement is pretty much they're all the same.
1: I think that the gamer score was more like XP gained over time, you know, and it was cumulative, so it counted for all of the games that you played. And then the achievements that you unlocked were specific to games and specific right. to certain things that you did in those games. Right.
0: Right. But the gamer score is how you determined
1: who was the the best, you know, mm-hmm.
0: really, though. I mean, if, if all those if all those achievements were kind of like half baked achievements, I mean, there, there are people even to this day that I know that play Sony games and look for the easiest ones so that they can get all of the unlock all the achievements so they can add to their platinum trophy count right so i mean you know that's another thing with the gamer score that i thought was kind of like well it's not really it it doesn't mean anything it just means you play a lot of games that's all it means
1: right which is in itself not necessarily a huge achievement no
0: no so but um but you used to compare gamer scores
1: yeah I just when I was in middle school or high school and it was a lot of it was kind of tongue in cheek too like right. uh people bragging about their gamer score, but not really you know right. it was it was more of like a meme kind of
0: like kind of like, like how many friends do you have on Facebook
1: exactly yeah. um although some people take that very seriously.
0: they take follows in uh, most social media things very seriously, yeah. Um, being verified i don't even know what that means what does that mean
1: it's like you're a public figure almost or somebody who has like a, a channel that is um being officially sanctioned or or validated i don't know usually when i see verified i see it on tiktok a lot now okay and that's because people have so many followers that they now have like They're an official channel. Like, they make the good content.
0: Okay. So, if you've got X number of followers, you can be verified. Exactly. I don't know. It seems kind of weird.
1: I mean, it's arbitrary, like anything else, but people do it because it means you're special. You know, you've accomplished something.
0: Could be considered an achievement. It's an achievement. Exactly. (laughs) I'm sorry. I kind of veered off, jumped the tracks with the gamer score and the verified. It's just kind of something that just popped into my head.
1: No, but in a way, they're they're very similar concepts. It's like we're we're giving people rewards for invisible things, right?
0: So, what do you think about speed runs? That's an achievement.
1: I think that speed runs are kind of lame.
0: Okay, all right. Why why do you say that?
1: I do think it's cool, but a lot of the times I look at it and I wonder, what's the point? Right. For me, the first speed runs I ever became aware of were Ocarina of Time speed runs. Okay. And it was people who could exploit some glitch in the game and backflip through a wall corner backwards, and then they could go straight to the final boss. And right. Beat it. And it was like right. the the point is to finish the game as fast as you can before anybody else can finish the game.
0: By using exploits and things like that should have been caught as bugs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is a bug. There shouldn't be a way for somebody to backflip into a wall and then get trapped in a dimension between levels. Um, But it's some people become aware of those things and they think of how they can use it to do the fastest speed run on YouTube. And that's totally fine. It's not something that I necessarily enjoy watching because I think to myself, well, you didn't actually play the game. You didn't enjoy the game. Right.
0: How is that fun? How is, is my that thing. fun? Yeah. It's like
1: why you're only doing this for the the public attention. It right.
0: Get. Right. It seems like an attention getting thing. I, I met someone sort of before YouTube who could speed run Legend of Zelda and get through the whole game in some obnoxious amount of time, like minutes, by doing, you know, using exploits. But it was like there's there was a there was a community of people who were competing with each other on how to do that the fastest and if you could find any new exploits or whatever. I think it's interesting only insofar as the the bug hunting aspect. Right. It's it's like you can find these things and I don't know how you feel about exploiting exploits in games. I don't like to use them. If it is a hundred percent clear, that's not the way it's supposed to work. If it's something where, you know, there's an item that you can sell back that you sell for, um, you sell it to some a, a vendor for more, they give you more money for it than, when they sell it, when you buy it from them. Right. So it's right. like
1: duping almost. Is, right. Or but one I of mean, those things where yeah. you use this exploit to make a lot of money in the but, game. But
0: but I mean is that a bug or is it put there for that reason? I mean you gotta do that over and over again so many times. Was it something that they intentionally left in there? Did I, they not prioritize that bug as something you had to fix before it going gold? Right. Right.
1: I would say there's really no wrong way to play a game because it is just that. It's a game. Right. And it's not like, even if you are competing with people in a way, like it's all a simulation and it's just for fun. When I play games, I don't like to use exploits. And I don't like to to do duping or whatever. Um, right. And I see, I'm one of those people... That plays Animal Crossing in real time, and I don't ever change the date because.
0: Yeah, there, there's there's a slippery slope there too, right? As far as pe- a lot of people will switch the time, but then they're stuck in the in the future. Is that right. the way it works? Or something? well, no,
1: you can time travel in both directions, okay. um, and there are definitely and benefits to time traveling. And
0: for and for uh, the Noras out there, could you explain what time traveling is?
1: Oh, for the Noras out there. So in Animal Crossing, this is a game where you play a very cute villager and you live on an island with all these cute animals, Um, but the time in the game is the exact same time as it is in real life. So when you finish doing everything that you wanna do in the game for the day and you save and quit, you can't go back out there if the store is closed, you can't go into the store, You can only get so many gold nuggets in one day, and so there's limits to how much you can do in one day. So some people like to go into the system settings of their console and change the date and time so that they can keep playing and go on to the next day. It also makes it easier if you're upgrading buildings or trying to move new animals onto the island. You can just have it done instantaneously rather than waiting a day. Right. Um, and there's but nothing it's... wrong with that, because some people have time-constricting jobs that make it really difficult to play Animal Crossing the the way it's intended.
0: I, I don't think that's ever been something that was intentionally put in there. Has, has Nintendo made any kind of statement on whether or not that's, that was intended to be in there?
1: Not that I know of, okay. but I'm sure if they did, it would be something along the lines of, Everyone should enjoy the game the way that they, they prefer. want to play it, yeah. Yeah, because it's not hurting anybody.
0: No, it's not. I mean, the only thing that I can think of if you time travel and do that kind of thing is the fact when you change it. So when you change it back to the whatever time your building is still built, it's yeah. just the, the amount of time passes in the game that you've jumped ahead, but you're still at the same time when you switch it back to current time.
1: Exactly. Nothing's going to disappear. Right. Um, the all, there is a downside to time traveling in Animal Crossing, and that is if you go far enough into the future, uh, your villagers are going to be sad that you left for so long without being there, right. or your town is covered in weeds, which are really tedious to pick up. Yeah. So there's definitely drawbacks, right. and I think that the punishment fits the crime. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: mundane tasks. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Interesting. Using exploits in games. I mean, I think I said this earlier. I don't, if if there's a, if there is a question in my mind as to whether or not this was left in there or a bug or, you know, the way it was intended to be played, you have in a lot of games, these end user agreements for a lot of online multiplayer kind of games that specifically state if you knowingly exploit a bug for your own growth or gain, you can suffer consequences, i.e. being banned or booted from the game.
1: Oh, right. Especially for multiplayer online oh, yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that's cheating.
0: Right. But if you're doing it by yourself, it's just...
1: I mean, it's harmless. Yeah. I think there are some of those licenses or contracts that state if you do that and you break your game, you're not going to get... The warranty is void, essentially. You can't go back and say, hey, my game's not working anymore. Well, you broke it, so buy another one.
0: Have fun. I think that's all that I wanted to talk about as far as uh, in-game goals and achievements and and what makes a good trophy and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you you have anything to add about achievements in gaming or otherwise?
1: No, I, I think we've pretty much covered it. Other than that it would be really nice if we could get achievements uh, trophies just for the mundane things we do in our <sighs> everyday life like when I make myself dinner and take a shower and you know go to bed on time and I wake up and there's just a little little uh, copper trophy sitting on the bed next to me although right. I think I would run out of space to store them. Yeah so. I think
0: that would get that would get a little a little tedious as yeah. well. I mean, I would like just cold hard cash. Yeah, That's what <laughs> that I want. you
1: know what—that's the real trophy, exactly. right?
0: Exactly, tips. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you for joining us on this week's Too Vague podcast. My name is still Ben,
1: and I'm still Cheyenne,
0: and we have been your hosts. And thank you for joining us.